Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This comes from our epistle reading. Uh, I guess it's our epistle reading because it's from Revelation, our preaching text uh, for this coming Sunday, which is uh, Revelation 1, 9 through 2, 7. And at first we have here John's vision of Christ, what he sees of Christ, this Alpha and Omega beginning and the end. And then it's the letter to the church in Ephesus. And here you have John um, talking about himself as a companion in the a companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus. And he says he was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and, and the testimony of Jesus that, that he was banished there. And it says that on the Lord's day, he was in the spirit and somebody, you know, showed up. Uh, with a voice like a trumpet and said, hey, write these letters to these churches. And he turns around and then he describes what he sees, that they saw seven golden lampstands. And standing amongst those lampstands was one like a son of man, which the imagery is, is similar to that in Daniel. Dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. Basically a picture that is completely different than any picture we've ever seen of Jesus, is it? We don't normally have this picture of Jesus given to us. We normally would get uh, the picture of the hippie Jesus, or the Norwegian Jesus, or even uh, Japanese Jesus, black Jesus, whatever. But we're never given the Jesus and his glory Jesus, are we? <laughs> the Jesus of Revelation Jesus. Uh, his feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace and his voice like the sound of rushing waters which I've always loved that image his voice like the sound of rushing waters it always gives this this image of the word of God spilling over you like a waterfall I've always loved that image that picture but anyways that's that's besides the point in his right hand he held seven stars and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword the sword of the spirit the word of God Ephesians 6, we just had that this last, this last week, this, this word of God that divides uh, bone from marrow, soul and spirit, all these things that I believe Hebrews 2 tells us. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Basically, it gives us this picture of probably what John saw on the Mount of Transfiguration. That this image of Jesus is the same image that was seen at the Transfiguration that an image is given of this Christ that's completely different than any image that we try to have of him. That this image is one of power. This image is one of getting things done. This image is one of almost terror, right? If I saw this, it wouldn't be uh, uh, go lovey-dovey Jesus, go give him a big old hug, sit on his lap, and tell him what you want for Christmas like the, the sort of Santa Claus type Jesus that we tend to have all the time. No, this is completely different. That, that he's dressed in a robe, reaching down his feet with a golden sash around his chest. We can handle that. That's not a problem. That's like choir robes, whatever. But then the hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. That would be kind of terrifying to me. I, I think, I think that would, that would uh, give me pause. 
When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. John pauses, right? He realizes that there's something else happening here that is not like anything he's seen before, but I think he recognized him. Like I said, uh, a similar image to what you see on the Mount of Transfiguration, where his, his clothes become as white as snow and, and, and that no one can make them as brilliant as that. Then he placed his right hand on me as though he's giving an absolution. As though in the times in which you would come to me or to Pastor Chris, or, or times when we have individual absolution in the church, get, your, get a hand laid upon your head and we say, in, in the name of Jesus Christ, all your sins are forgiven you. Here his, his hand is placed upon you and he says, do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever and I hold the keys of death in Hades. Do not be afraid. He has to start with that because we'd be terrified, right? If we saw Jesus this way, that'd be a little terrifying. <laughs> Eyes like fire. <laughs> and, you know, and his feet are like glowing bronze. And oh, by the way, he's got a sword in his mouth to, to cut down the, the weapons of the evil one. And he says, I am the first and the last. I am the opening of the sentence and the end of it. I'm the beginning of all time and the conclusion of all time. And all those things in between, that is me. That at the very beginning of time, your story was done because Christ was going to come for you, even in your sin. And at the end of time, when your death has come, Christ is still Christ for you. And here Christ is telling you that. He's telling that to John, he's telling that to me, he's telling that to you. I am the first, I am the last. There is no other. There's nothing else. I am the beginning, I am the end. I am the living one, he says. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look. I am alive forever and ever. Why? Because I died and I defeated death. I can no longer die. My death is no longer held over me as I was a human being, he says. For I am, look, I'm alive forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And we hold on to that truth because we have to, because our greatest fear is death, isn't it? You look at this pandemic, and that is what comes to us. That is our greatest fear, is that we might get sick and die. And yet here Christ comes to us and he says, I am the living one. I'm the beginning and the end. Even the sentences that death thinks it has began and finished. No, I'm the beginning and the end. The first and the last. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. I hold the keys of death itself and the realm of the dead. I am in charge, he says. I am the only Lord. Hades, the god of death, does not exist as who he thinks he is anymore. You are not to be ensnared by death anymore, because I am in charge, he says. And then he commissions John to write his letter. Ephesus. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance, holding to this fact that, that Christ is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the, the, the first and the last. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance, persevering in that. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people and that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false, uh, making sure that 
we are being told of this Christ properly. And then here, you've persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. That either one, all this Jesus stuff has become old hat to the point that it's just meh, just meh, whatever. Or two, quite literally, it's become a law. That it is, oh, you better love Jesus in this way or else, instead of loving him for who he is and finding the joy in that. And, and calling others to it, this love for the one who is the beginning and the end, who holds your very death in the palm of his hands, and he has the key to it. And then there's this call for repentance. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from, from its place. That can be a rather dangerous thing. Dangerous thing. But then it ends with, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of light, life. Where does that victory come? But through Christ. It's always through Christ. It's never through anywhere else but Christ. And so for us, church, we have to remember this phrase that, that Jesus gives to John when John is, his, in, is in his most despairing of realizing that he is not the king of the castle, that he is not in charge, that either we'll learn from Christ or we'll learn from our own death, but that God is in, short, in charge, Christ is in charge. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death in Hades. That your own death, that your own fear of eternal punishment is held in the palms of Christ. And we trust that and hold on to that, or else we ourselves are in uh, a position of most to be pitied because we can deny the reality of our own death and yet it will come. And it can be a frightening thing for us to, to realize that. And yet we have one who says, I am the living one. That is who I am. I am alive, no longer able to die. And I hold the power over death in order to redeem you. Let us pray. Let thy merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of thy humble servants, and that they may obtain their petitions, make them to ask such things as shall please thee, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We'll go in peace, church. Serve the Lord. We will see you tomorrow with our gospel.